This is the London Live Podcast. Listen live weekdays from 1 to 3 on 980 CFPL. We have the manager of championship services, athlete liaison with Curling Canada, Nolan Thiessen is with us. Nolan, how are things? It's good. It's very good, actually. The first draw was really entertaining. There was uh, a couple of games went right down to the end, so it was uh, good entertainment, and it was... uh, it's a pretty exciting start to the event. How much of this can you actually keep your eyes on, or do you have to be watching what's going on on the ice and turning your head around at all times? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I'm kind of responsible for field of play, so, I mean, I'm, I'm watching the stuff on the ice, and I'm a curling fan, so I'm watching the curling, but I'm also, you know, talking to our guys who are running the scoreboards. I'm talking to the guys who's running the entertainment in the building. I'm in constant conversation with the TV truck, so I'm uh, I got a few different things going on, but I'm also I'm also watching the curling because it's a lot of my friends out there, and I'm just entertained by it. So, and that's just it. And we saw some great competitions. We mentioned it. We had an opportunity for a draw to the button to end off the draw this morning, and it worked perfectly. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know what? And that's the fun thing about this event is that it gets nerve-wracking and that, you know, Rachel's the last game on the ice there, and uh, all of a sudden she's seen the other two boards. She knows that Team Canada's already down 2 nothing. I mean, I know it's a race to 30-and-a-half, but still you don't want to go – you don't want to start the event down 3 nothing, right? So all of a sudden there's a little extra pressure because not only does she want to make it for herself, she's got, you know, 23 other teammates now to make that for. So it's uh, – that's the cool thing about this event, and – you know, true champion like that, she uh, she held it and uh, made the shot. The crowd was fantastic here at the Sports Centre at Western Fair District, but as Rachel Holman got down, ready to throw that stone, everything went quiet. Not just the teammates who knew she needed to make the... It got pin-drop quiet to the point you hear the rocks start to go on the ice, and yeah. then all of a sudden, then you get the clapping, you get the... No- it was amazing. Exactly, yeah. Well, we, you know what? We had that a couple years ago here. The, this event actually ended up 30-30, and then they had to do a draw-off, and it was crazy because, I mean, it's, you know, there's a guy getting in the hack to throw a draw to win the entire event, and there's, you know, the whole house is full, every player is on the ice, and it's dead quiet right i mean you can hear the brooms moving so it's uh it's it's cool like that it, it really you know sets the proper mood for for what we're trying to do so you've mentioned the race to 31 you mentioned how close it was the last time it was in london a couple of years ago that it got to 30 30 let's talk about how this works if you're going to look at it from a golf perspective maybe that's a little bit more familiar for some people it's like the Ryder cup we hear we've got team canada we've got team europe but yeah. nolan how does this play out so it's similar to the Ryder cup in that you know you've got a big group of people who are normally their own teams and now they're part of a larger team um so you've got team Kui and you've got team epping you know, you've got Team Botcher, and they're all part of one team. And, you know, this morning we saw them play regular team games with their regular team. You're going to see things mixed up throughout the whole week. We've got draws tomorrow where I think the one team is Brendan Botcher, Ryan Fry, Brad Thiessen, and Ben Hebert. So th- three three different teams being represented. We've got mixed scrambles where we're going to have, you know, women's skips, men's thirds, women's seconds, men's leads. It's really entertaining, but every game means something because it's, you know, 
all 24 of those athletes on each side are playing, you know, they may have their regular team and they may have their regular teammates here, but they're part of a larger team and curling with different people. And it's all with one scoreboard at the end of the week. So it's uh, just a different atmosphere and it's fun and it's entertaining. And it's different than things that we from the manager of championship services, athlete liaison, as we run down how this works and do you get one so the first three days every game is worth one point and then when you get to sunday we start playing skins and then every end is worth something so an end is either worth a half a point or a full point and the points carry over so you could all of a sudden have a have an end that's worth three and a half points so it's um it's really loaded towards sunday and that Sunday it gets very back and forth because every every end swings the, the whole scoreboard. Whereas here, you know, each game swings the whole scoreboard. So, and on Sunday, will things still be pretty scrambly, or does everybody go back to their normal teams? Uh, no, well, no. Sunday we've got a each of the draws has a men's game, a women's game, and a mixed game. Okay. So it's um, there's there's lots of different things happening. You've got lots of great curling experience. When you mix things up, obviously communication is brand new. You may not know these people to be competing with them. How key is communication and how quickly can it come on the ice? Um, you'll definitely see a few issues with that, right, guys? The biggest one, I think, is just, um, you know, calling line and, and where to put the broom because it's just everybody's a little bit different. And when you haven't played with, with somebody, you just don't know their intricacies, so it's 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 really learning on the fly, and you got to see them communicating lots. But we did this last year for the first time, and the athletes were super excited about it. They thought it was so fun to like for one week to be able to play with somebody different, right? And uh, they picked it up in a hurry. I mean, they're all you know real professionals, and they're they really know how to like talk and and try to figure things out in a hurry. But it, it was it can. It can be challenging for sure. Well, because you watch, I mean, even a draw to the button, if you don't know curling too well, that's not just throwing it straight. You're going to oh, curl no. that. Yeah. And is that what you mean by well, marking the line? Yeah, absolutely. And and it's just sweeping someone's, everybody's throw looks a little different. So judging it for weight looks a little bit different. So that's the biggest one is that the front ends need to figure out in a hurry what it looks like when somebody throws a rock and it's going down the ice and, and making sure that they can judge it properly. So um, it's... Uh, we just threw a little wrench in there for them and just to see how good they all are. Love it. Nolan Thiessen from Curling Canada with us as we are in the patch right now. You can come and say hi if you happen to be anywhere in the area. Nolan, just a couple of other things. One being, if you talk to the curlers as they come off the ice, they are loving it here. And this event, for anybody who's familiar with it, this event is one that is held in Las Vegas, and I don't know whether it's London, but, you know, sometimes we look and we say, well, we're not Las Vegas, but at the same time, the curlers are saying, we love it here. We're really enjoying the atmosphere that exists here, the way that the curling itself is treated here. Yeah. You know what? I think it's it's just a di different atmosphere. Um, you know, Vegas is Vegas. It's um, it's always going to be entertaining because it's Las Vegas, right? But I mean, there's there's a million things happening, and and um, you can get lost in the shuffle a bit. Whereas you know, and when you're in a place like London, I mean, you got the Knights and you got us, and uh, um, I think it's it's fun to be you know in a little bit of a more intimate setting like this. You know, you've got a building that's 1,500 to 2,000 seats, and it's full, and the fans are into it, and they're close, right? As opposed to being you know 
one of those lower bowls that has a you know is really built out and it's uh it, it just adds to the atmosphere to have the fans so close to you and so into it and such knowledgeable curling fans and i mean the, the players love it i mean the players love this event it's it's a once it's a once a year thing and it's different and it's different than they usually are so they're all excited to be here and they're excited to try to put on a show it's the continental cup of curling nolan before you go what got you hooked on curling what do you remember well my i'm from manitoba so we kind of it's just naturally in our blood to just try it at least and uh i got hooked when actually a curler here liz fife her dad vic peters uh when he won the briar in 92 from manitoba i was like okay i want to try this now so uh i guess that's that's what hooked me and i think to me it's just you know it's it's really funny because it's it's a team sport but there's only four guys so the inner chemistry of a team i mean if you got a 20 20 player hockey team i mean if there's somebody you don't like just as long as you pass the puck to them on the ice you don't really need to hang out with them whereas we got to hang out with each other all the time so like how tight these teams get um from playing together all the time it gets um the camaraderie of it i think is what really brought me into it six degrees of separation very very tight because you go back to what nolan was just talking about that vic peters team was also skipped by a man named carrie whose daughter is chelsea carrie who will be on London Live in about 20 minutes? That curling is a small world, isn't it? It is a very small world. You're, you see a lot of you see a lot of players out on the ice right now who you've seen their parents uh, before them in Canadian Championships. It's and uh, you know a lot of those guys down there right now they have kids, and so you'll be seeing their kids and at the Continental Cup in London in 20 years. Outstanding. We want the Continental Cup to still be coming to London in 20 yeah, absolutely. years. Absolutely. Nolan, thanks so much for the time today. Thank, thank you very much for having me. We had a chance to talk with Team Canada skip Chelsea Carey earlier on and just discuss this event, talk a little bit about her dad. I mean, we were talking about her not too long ago and the success that he had as a curler. Well, wow, has she had success as a curler, and she's here at this event, reigning champion at the Scotties and Team Canada's skip. And we talked with Chelsea first about this event being held in Las Vegas as well. And, you know, when when we bring it back to London, it, it kind of feels like a win for Canada already. <laughs> yeah, I'd say so. Now let's talk a little bit about this kind of a competition. Is this one where uh, you come in nice and relaxed, or is this one where you come in just as fired up as you would be for any other competition? Oh, I think you're fired up. I mean, especially last year, uh, it was the first time in a long time that the Canada North America side didn't win. So uh, you definitely want to win, but it's a really fun atmosphere. It's, it's cool to have the bigger team thing and, and, you know, you poke fun back and forth with the other team, but everybody gets along and stuff. So it's, it's a really fun event, but we definitely want to win. Is there maybe more, I don't, I don't know if I could call it trash talking, but is there more of that kind of stuff at something like this than maybe normally when everybody seems to stay pretty quiet? Oh, yeah, way more. Well, for, for the women, way more just because the men are there. So they're <laughs> chirping each other all the time. But, uh, yeah, no, definitely. It's it's that kind of event. It's it's all, you know, like you want to win, but it's fun. And so there's a lot of uh, a lot of joking, uh, joking back and forth and, and some trash talking and things like that. When you look at what you are able to do now as a curler, was there ever a point in your life where you said, you know what, I, I think I can make a go with this? 
Yeah, you know, I, when I growing up, I would I watched my dad play, um, and he won the Briar when I was about seven, and I remember thinking like that's pretty cool. I I, I would like to do that. So that's kind of when I when I started, and then uh, when we got to our first Scotties, finally, probably in uh, 2014, was when I was like, okay, here we go. Like we first Scotties, we stand on the podium. I was like, yep, yeah, I think we can actually do this. So that was probably the moment. Growing up in a family where you are able to see the briar up close, see the top curlers up close, what did that mean? Like, was it just, hey, well, dad's home again, or, or was there a little bit more to it than that? Well, it was like, so we, I would walk into a curling club when like, I, I was already curling. So I'd walk into a curling club when I was, you know, 12 or 13, and he would, it would take him an hour to get across the club because everybody stopped him and to talk and, and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I was like, holy, like he's famous. This is crazy. So yeah, I mean, it was definitely, it definitely opened my eyes to kind of the possibilities. And I saw the work that he put in and the travel that he had to do. So you also go in knowing what you're getting into. It's not uh, as glamorous as it sometimes seems from the outside with, you know, traveling all the time and, and that kind of thing. But uh, I, I kind of knew that too. So I think that was also helpful knowledge to have coming in. Team Canada skip Chelsea Carey joining us as we celebrate the start of the Continental Cup of Curling for the second time in London. Your first appearance at the Scotties, what was it like to get there? It was like I never won anything in juniors. I never won a provincial. I never won anything. So that was my first Manitoba jacket. And I grew up my whole life trying to get a Manitoba jacket. And I didn't get one until I was 29. And I was a kid in a candy store. My teammates <laughs> made fun of me because they was waiting for us at the curling rink. So I thought I was going to get it waiting for me in my hotel room when I got there. And it was at the rink. So I was just chomping at the bit to get to practice early. Like, just get me there. I just want to put this jacket on. And I, I put it on. And I went running to the washroom so I could turn around and look at my back with the buffalo and, and the name and all that. It was, uh, it was incredible. It was, it was, like I say, it was a, something I worked for my whole life. And I waited a really long time to get it. And it was really meaningful when I finally did. And then not long after that, things take a bit of a different turn. Because not only are you at the Scotties, you're in a position to win and then you do win. Can you take us through that kind of emotion? Yeah, you know, it, we, we played in the 1-2 game that year against Jennifer Jones, who was Team Canada at the time, and, uh, and won. And so we're in the final, and we fully expected to be playing her again in the final because it's Jennifer Jones. Like, she always makes the final. <laughs> so she played Crystal McCarville in the semi, who had been playing incredible all week. So you knew it was going to be a battle, but you just figure it's, it's Jones, which for us, we were like, great, we get to go into the final loose. We're the underdogs. No one will expect us to beat her. And then when Crystal McCarville won and upset her in the, in the semi, it was a bit of a weird one. We all kind of looked at each other like, what do we do now? Because now we've gone from being heavy underdogs to significant favorites, really. And that's a big change mentally for you going into that game. All of a sudden, there's pressure on you where, like, playing against Jen, where you're just going in loose and, no, you know, no one expects anything from you. So we had to kind of overcome that and, and put, get our heads back in the right place and, and were able to do that. And then the final was an absolute battle. We were uh, tied coming home with the hammer, and Laney made two perfect kicks, and the rest was history. I had eight foot for the win. The hardest, hardest shot I ever made in my life was the draw of the full eight foot. <laughs> so do you remember that? I mean, some people won't remember. If they, if they do something big in a major competition, they'll say, yeah, I, I just kind of blacked out. I don't remember anything. I'm just glad we won. Or they remember every single second of it. Where do you kind of fall on that? I don't, I, I don't remember much about throwing the actual shot I remember I remember thinking if I miss this I'll forever be known as the person who missed the draw to the eight foot of the Scottish <laughs> so I had to get that out of my head pretty quick uh, and I just thrown the exact same shot on my first one which was a strategic move um, you know we did that on purpose and 
So I, you know, it was just kind of same shot, same way. And I remember just taking like 18 deep breaths as, as long as I could to try to slow my heart down. Um, and then I, I let it go and I, I liked it and the sweepers weren't touching it. And I was nervous about that. And then I remember thinking for some reason, I have no idea why I would ever think this, but I remember thinking if, if I made it, I was going to be calm. I was going to just, you know, like go hug the girls and whatever, like, but I was just going to be calm. I wasn't going to react. And then I made it and stopped and, and it was like an out of body experience. I was, I was, I remember watching myself like sort of from an out of body, like just fist pumping like crazy and just going nuts. And I was like, okay, hey, that wasn't really the calm reaction I had in my head, but I had no control over it. It just, it just was happening. And I was like, wait, what am I doing? And it was just one of those things. And I, but then I remember Amy Nixon running down the ice and nearly tackling me, even though she's a hundred pounds soaking wet, she jumped at me so hard. I just all went down. Um, and then the rest is kind of a blur after that. We're talking with Chelsea Carey, reliving some amazing moments in her career as the Continental Cup of Curling is underway in London and continuing. And then you do it in kind of a repeat fashion a couple years later, just this past year, and your dad is your coach. What is it like to have him a part of this? Oh, that was a huge thing for me. I, I He was around in 2016. I had breakfast with him every day and you know, he's, even if he's not coaching the team, I'm certainly still very involved with him, and he's, you know, talking to me and, and that kind of thing. But to have him on the bench and, and then to get to, you know, go hug him on the ice and, and wear the medals together, and I mean, it's, it's hard to describe. That was, uh, that was pretty amazing for me to get to experience that with him. For anybody who's never seen the Continental Cup of Curling, what do we need to know about it to get ready to appreciate what's happening for the rest of this week and into the weekend? Um. I think the biggest thing is just, and the format's honestly a little different this time than the last time I played it, but you're, you're only playing one game with your own team. So you play one team game and then the rest of the time you're shuffled with new people and all kinds of stuff. And like, we've never played with each other before. I'm playing mixed doubles with Matt Cam, who's never played mixed doubles before. <laughs> like, you, you know, you're kind of trying to figure it out on the fly and, and stuff. And that's the part that's interesting is it's people that you play against and see play, but you, you'd never played with them. So then you're trying to figure out systems and how, how to talk to them about weights and all that kind of stuff it's just uh it's a bit of a learning curve that way so that part's pretty cool but um yeah i think that's the biggest difference is just all the changing in formats and the shuffling of teams well we are looking forward to seeing it all play out the competition level to be team canada versus team europe canada has so many great curlers but so does the world i mean do you go into this thinking wow this is a challenge of challenges Oh yeah, for sure. You look at that world team is stacked. Your team is absolutely stacked. There's no question about that. But you know, we we also think we've got a pretty good squad. So it's going to be battle for sure. There's there's nothing easy about it. Whoever wins, it's going to be blood and guts probably. But that's how we want it. It should be exciting to for us to play and for everyone to watch. Team Canada, Team Europe. Well, Chelsea, we wish you the best of luck. Congratulations on everything that has happened in your career, and best of luck going forward too. Thank you very much. One of the men responsible for, I want to say, everything curling that happens in this area, because it's true. Peter Inch from Roy Inch & Sons is here. You'll be able to hear Inch by Inch this Saturday live from the patch, right? That's correct. Live from the patch. Well, thank you so much for your role in bringing all of these events. Because, Peter, if we go back to the timeline, I think we have to go back to the timeline and even leave the city of London for the first big event. Yep, 2002 in St. Thomas, we held the Canadian Men's and Women's Senior Championship. 
that time the JLC wasn't even there. And we said we were going to bring another event, a bigger event. And they said, well, you need an arena. And I said, just wait. And that was 18 years ago. Uh, and Neil Houston, who's our event manager here, was the event manager back there in Sarnia or in St. Thomas when we worked together. And you're still working together. We're still working together. And I said to him, he was the first, uh, the opening night of the bud when the Knights played. And you had to walk around because the paint was still wet. We had Neil down in the city of London for a tour to say, we want the Scotties. Here's the arena. Let's bring it in. In 2006, it arrived. And from there... What would be next? Well, we'd never hosted a Briar 2011. All of that changed. Yeah, they said, first of all, you're too small. You can't hold a Briar. There isn't enough seating. I said, at well. At 9,000 seats? At 9,000 seats at that time. I said, well, what do we need? You know, well, you'd have to charge too much for tickets. Well, we ended up getting lots of sponsors and working the deal, and the Briar was there in 2011. And I remember, Peter, you were through that week maybe sleeping three hours a night. You still looked great, though. I mean, <laughs> you had to tell people, yeah, I'm only getting about three hours sleep because you looked like you. Yeah, it was all on adrenaline. It was, uh, <laughs> that was uh, quite a, you know, that's uh, kind of the top of the pinnacle that you could do, and we wanted to make sure London looked good. Well, London did look good. Jeff Stoughton won that briar. We're yeah. going to hear from him tomorrow on London Live. And then you had to think, okay, well, how do we top that? And everybody probably said, well, you can never top that. Then you find a way to bring the best of the best. Yeah, it was. I was in Las Vegas and watching it, and I said, well, why can't we do this in London? And, and everybody said, well, do you have casinos in London? I said, of course we have a casino in London. <laughs> so, you know, a few talks later, next thing you know, the, the Continental Cup in 2018 was held in London. And, and to be honest, I think the players thought we're going from Vegas to London. Now, when they got here, saw the crowd, saw the excitement in the building, they went, wow, were we wrong? And, you know, London's great. So when they heard they were coming back this time, they were all pretty enthusiastic about it. And that's just it. We talked with Nolan Thiessen about this, that downstairs at Western Fair, that is one of the things that the curlers are talking about. We love the atmosphere here. They yeah. said they love the fact that they're playing to basically sold-out crowds. They love the fact that the venue has them thinking about curling, and it keeps everybody together. Nobody's kind of, oh, well, I got to take us to a show, or I'm going to go and hit a table, or I'm going to go yeah. and do that. Nobody's doing that. Everybody kind of stays together. Yeah, and, and, you know, they're normally competing against each other. Even the Europeans are competing. Uh, this is the first time they get to be part of that team. And, you know, they're cheering on the other team members. So the curlers not playing are even in the boxes, the home box and the guest box, and they're cheering on their other team members out there. And when we look at the caliber of curling, when you look at the place go quiet this morning, as Rachel Holman has to make a has to has to make a shot or Team Canada is down 3 nothing, and Team Europe is talented. I mean, yeah. we're talking number one ranking in the world on the women's side. you got talent on that team. What is it like to see those shots? Because you've seen them made a few times. Yeah. Well, watching it, and it was, like you say, dead silent. Then it starts going, and now all the noise, I'm thinking, can the sweepers hear? <laughs> but you could just see the focus on their face, and they swept it right in and put it right where they needed to to get that point, and the whole place erupted, and that's when I go, we did it. You know, the, everybody's cheering, go Canada, go. We had all the students in today. They were all cheering, and that's when I, that's what I enjoy. That's what I like to see, that everybody's having a great time when they're here. Peter Inch with us. 
Peter will be hosting Roy Inch and Sons Inch by Inch on Saturday. I got to tell you a quick story. I was in line a day after New Year's Eve, no, two days after New Year's Eve. So a day after New Year's, I was in line at the grocery store and just kind of talking. And Rosalie was checking my items out, and she, I said, "How how's uh, how's 2020 going for you?" And she said, "Well, it was a lot better than the way 2019 ended." She had a sewer backup in her house, and she said she called Roy Inch and Sons. Not only did you have somebody out there on New Year's Eve, that person stayed to help her mop up. She couldn't believe it and was just beaming and she said so you know my my 2019 didn't start well but my or my 2020 sorry my 2019 didn't end well but my 2020 sure started well and she wanted to pass along a thank you so i said next time i see peter i will tell him well and that's what you know allows i have such a great team that allows me to be at this event and not worry about work because they're looking after all of our customers and i really appreciate all the work they do so good work guys keep it up Rosalie could not believe staying to mop up. She said, I was prepared to do it. Yeah. Stayed to mop up. Well, we will not be mopping up here at the Continental Cup of Curling for a few days, and that's a good thing. 2-1 Europe. What do you think? Do you have any feeling as to how tough this is? I mean, they want to hold on to that cup. It took them a few years to get it, and you can see it in their eyes that they they really want to hold on to it. So Canada is going to have to pull up their socks a little bit and go hard at it. Well, we'll see what happens once draw two plays itself out. Peter, thank you for bringing everything curling to London. We really appreciate it. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Londoners, for supporting us all the way along. That is Peter Inch. You can hear Inch by Inch this weekend. What time are you guys on the air this weekend? Uh, 9 o'clock, 9 to 10. 9 to 10. A little curling mixed in with a little Oh, help. definitely. We're going to be bringing in some Hall of Famers oh. and uh, talking a little bit about their career and stuff. So. How about that? Okay. Well, I'm not going to miss that. You've been listening to the London Live Podcast. Catch the show live on weekdays from 1 to 3.